Good evening, JR. Good evening, Vinny, and welcome to On Base and Off Point. Life in the deep end. Yes, sir. This is where we talk about our perspective as bass players about all things in life. And how do they relate to bass? In, well, yes, exactly, because that's all it's we are bass, bass players. players. That's correct. <laughs> At least that's what we tell everybody. So we are now up and running on iTunes. Right. And uh, we got a fa- we got a Facebook page too, right? Our Facebook page is up and running. So it, so it is on base and off point. So if you if you is, see the Facebook, you is. can like us. And uh, if you have a question, or if you have a comment, or if you want to tell us that we're wrong, or drop right, us a line, please. Please do. So, what's our first topic for the night? Our first topic for tonight is planning for something, um, anticipating versus over paranoia. <laughs> Right. I love this topic. Yeah, I'm excited already. It's uh, it's one of these things where where um, over the years, you know, the, there's the seven P's. You know, proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Yes, quite familiar. And, and and the and the Air Force has created a little bit of paranoia in us all about remembering to to bring uniforms and shoes and instruments and. You know, accruedments well, sure. and life. And if you're and, on the flight line, making sure that, you know, you put all your tools away. Right, right. right. Or you don't leave a wrench in the in the jet, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of important, you know. Heard a good story about that once. I bet you did. Yeah. I bet you did. But the, the, the point of this is that I've been retired now for almost uh, 11 years. And in the process – oh, excuse me. I beg your pardon. It's coming up on 12. Um, in the process of being retired, I notice I still have this paranoia, you know, a little bit of the – I don't have the band the band dreams like I'm on the bus and I forgot my clothes or you know some crazy thing because there's there's a bunch of band. I don't people. have to dream about that. I actually make <laughs> you, it you get to live that. Yeah, I, I make that happen. <laughs> I live that. I don't have to dream about. Yeah, it. you'll get your opportunity to dream about it later. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me, you, you get away from the military, but you don't get away. From hey, before you go any further, so like Lisa and I were talking about this. It's a recurring dream about school. Okay. I don't know if you have this or not, but I'm sure people listening can relate. I have this recurring dream. I cannot get away from it. It's, I have signed up for classes in college. Okay. And I have neglected to go. I've just kind of forgot. I didn't do it on purpose. I just like kind of forgot that I signed up. So you don't know what classes you signed up for or you don't know where you're going? Well, there's that. Well, I have that dream. Like, oh my God, it's the first day. Where do I go? It's the first day of class. I don't have my schedule. I don't. So I have that dream. But the other one I have is that I just forgot to go to class all semester. I did that. Oh. <laughs> I did that. Do you, ever, do you have any like reoccurring dreams about college where it's just like, or school, school in general? Not, not, not school. I, I kind of lived. I'm so, still. I kind of uh, lived some of those, some of those things in school because I, I got a degree in political science and I, I got it in three years, and I was supposed to get a two degrees political science and psychology. My second de- degree should have been psychology, but it's a minor in psych. But I was f- trying to finish out my my general electives. And in the process of doing that, I had took one course and I never went to the damn class. Went to see the professor at like two weeks before it ends. I go, look, I need this class to pass. What can I do to, to pass what? this to pass this class? And he goes, oh, write me a paper. I said, okay. So I wrote him a paper and I passed the class. What class was it? It, it was it was a really it was it was one of these things where it was a, it was an elective. It was called futuristics. It was supposed to be. This was now the. Is eighty three. This ties right into to proper pl- yeah, right. right back right. into where we so, started. So, so right. it, it was a class about you know planning for the you know, the future and what the future was going to hold and all the things that existed. Now this was the eighties, so we were talking about you know what computers were going to be like ten years from now. You know now we got computers in our hands with phones, yeah. but so so I just wrote I wrote a paper and gave me a grade and I, I perfect. Did you get a C. 
I think I did. <laughs> Got to see past the class. He's like, Dumb kid. He's, write a paper. Yeah, he says, right. I don't care. Just do something yeah. for me. I also did that with a political science class where I didn't show up for the class and I took a test and I got like an 88 and the professor looks at me and goes, you don't have to show up anymore. Well, if you don't the want thing to. is, if, if apparently you don't care. So you're not going to have nightmares about things you just don't care about. Well, well I had my so. nightmares while I was going to school <laughs> because all that shit's oh, happened. I'm going, God, I got to go home and tell my, oh, I'm, I can't do that. Oh, shit. You know. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to graduate. Or, and then they said, you've got enough credits to graduate a year early. Oh, okay, sure. You know. So we go to the commissarian shop and we, we, you know, about a week's worth. We're a week to two weeks out on planning for whatever. If, All right. Now, so when we lived in Virginia at Langley, uh, large potential for hurricanes coming through that oh, area. Oh, yeah, big time. So uh, we would wait. We, we, wouldn't, we just never had every, everything prepared. But when we see something brewing, you, go you would go them. out, and then, and then, of course, everything's gone, you right. know, and you want to stock up on – there's a couple of things you really need to think about. One, cash. Mm-hmm. You want to have cash because if all the electricity is out. You don't have ATMs or anything else like that. Exactly. So what's going to be – what you have to barter with is cash and gasoline. Gasoline? Get, well, if you have a, a generator, right. that's great because you can run that, but you've got to have the gasoline. Gasoline run it. To run it on, and if power is down, guess what? There's no way to get gas out of the the local gas station. A, you can't pay for it, and B, you can't pump it. Yeah, the pumps don't work unless there's electricity. So it was imperative. I had probably five or six of those five gallon. Right, just in case. Yeah, drums, and and I would fill them up, and then the storm would go elsewhere, and then I would just use that to fuel my boat. Oh, perfect. This is my boat fuel. Perfect. You can put in your car too. It's not like you're gonna. It's, it's not, not like, like you won't need it. You're going to use the gas. Yeah, for God's sake. You're going to use the cash, too, so why not just go out just and get have, it? Just to have it. So yeah. you have it. Fill up the bathtub with water. Yeah. Close. Stop up the bathtub. Fill it up with water. You might need it to wash dishes, so on so Not to take a bath in. Right. I know you're thinking about taking a bath or giving the dog a bath. No. No. This is just... Just potable potable water or it, potable, however yeah, you say it. It's just potable. Yeah. It's potable. It's potable, yeah. yeah. Well, you could do... Yeah, exactly. But but now, now with, with this in mind... In that preparation, you did that based on your location, mm-hmm. based on what you've experienced, or yes, and and what you know, what you've learned from the experience that you've had. So if you had a hurricane, hurricane shows up, you go, oh shit, I didn't have batteries for my radio. I didn't have batteries whatever. are critical. You know, flashlights are flashlights critical. are critical. A radio, candles, is nice. you know, cards. Have a deck of cards. Something to keep you occupied. Oh Remember, your phone's going to be screwed. You're not going to have any any yeah. ability yeah. to do anything else. You know, board games and candles and a lantern. You know, something. Well, it's summertime and it gets hot as a mother after the storm. The sun comes out and if power lines are down, it could be. We had guys at weeks, yeah, two three weeks with no power. If you don't have power. You don't have air conditioning in, in Southern Virginia that's, in the that's summer. Saying, that's saying something. It gets a little. It gets, it gets a, a little, little hot. Oh, yeah. baby. So, with all this in mind, the this, the the subject that I wanted to talk about is okay. We're we're talking about an apocalyptic event now. A hurricane has a potential to be a be it's a natural disaster, a natural but disaster, it's not, yeah. but it's not a pop, apocalyptic. Right. But with all these people that you that you come across that are, are doomsday people or whatever you want to call uh, them. Doomsday preppers, I think that's right. what they call them. Yeah. Um, in, the, in their preparation and their, we'll call it paranoia for now because doomsday has not shown up. And doomsday is one event that can, and if you go from a religious standpoint, you know, it could happen with Armageddon. If you go with people that say that the world, is, the government's going to crash and we're going to all be on our own or... 
there, the possibility of this exists. So you plan for the potential, I'll say disaster, you know, but, but the loss of normal things that you have. In but the, Armageddon, it's like indefinite. Right. This is not like well, a short-term, um, oh, we're going to get through this in a year or two. This is like a new new world. The, the, the new, a, new, new par- a new paradigm. New normal. Right. Gotcha. So in the process of doing this, how far do you go? So you take this example. Vinny, Vinny, you know I'm a laggard. Well, well, and I, and I'm I, the last guy. You'll be the guy that'll be in the in the grocery store and going. I don't understand where the water is. It was here yesterday. Where are all the people that work here? What yeah. Why Why is this place entirely base entirely gone? I mean, I've know? got a great parking spot, but where's the help? <laughs> where is everybody? This is the best parking space ever. <laughs> yeah. But the the thing about this is that you can plan for this, and there's there's gradation of of paranoia. I mean, oh, yeah. you can sit there and say, okay. In a normal disaster or a possible apocalyptic event, you, you're gonna, the first thing you're going to need is food and water. So you get a we'll go to Maslow's Maslow, hierarchy. A Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so we're going to drop out of like right now. We're in self actualization because we have our own podcast. So we're right. We've actualized. We've everything. made it. We've made, we've made it. We are here. Ah, thank God. So now the nukes are going to fly, and then suddenly. We are, we are what at the, the hell, people? We are no, at the back ground in. level of, of basic I, needs. I've got to kill that rabbit to have dinner. Right. And in the process of this, you put all this stuff in your house. So where, 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 how much do you get? Where do you put it? And what do you, I mean, you know, some of those things, like you can get things on the radio now for not, uh, uh, Four to eight weeks worth of, of food, freeze-dried food yeah. or, or, or dried food. How long is it going to last you? Come on. Well, it says honest. 25. Well, but it, but it says as far as, as, far as how much shelf life. Store? Well, so that's I've, the whole point. Yeah, so I've got two thoughts on this. One, what you want to stock up on is knowledge. Mm-hmm. You want to learn how to kill the rabbit, how to... Catch the, well, catch the rabbit and then kill catch, it. Catch, kill... Skin, cook the rabbit. You want to learn. You want to learn um, basic survival to, skills. How do you purify water? How right. do you get good drinking water? Right. Human beings, the most important thing that we do is learn to adapt. Right. So uh, if you're if you're in that mindset that yeah it's coming baby, it's coming, then I would say I wouldn't worry about stocking up on fifty million. MREs in your basement, in, in your... They ain't that good. They're okay. I like MREs. They're, they're, some of them are good. Well, the, here's, the, here's the thing about MREs. If we're going to break off on this tangent for, for a moment. Sure, I, I got a great MRE these are, These are designed to be about, what, 3,500 calories it's or something one, like that? that. Yeah, it's, it's, and, but it's designed to help, help guys that, that, are, that are out in the, out out the field, yeah, humping, right? humping all day, and they need as much nourishment as they can in a, in a single moment. Well, I want to say it's 3,500 calories. It's at least 3,500. It's probably, it probably is more. Need, it's probably yeah. like 5,000. We'll have somebody look that up. Yeah. Um, yeah, get on that right now. A- anyway. My my daughter used to get these things. Go, Daddy, Daddy, can we get an MRA at the commissary? Yes, absolutely, Justice. But they're like twelve bucks. They weren't twelve bucks back in the day. Well, they were like eight. Like they were like eight or something. But we still they're they're still expensive. But I'm making them for her at home, and she wants <laughs> she wants to eat the whole goddamn thing. So it's not just just the the meat and the bag that you're heating up with a little sterno well, there's kit. A, there's some candy in there. There's usually. candy in there. And 
And then there's, there's soldiers. Then there's, the, some there's soldiers. Then there's a, there, there's a there's a uh, a shake powder. Yes, there is. You know there's a Gatorade cal- powder. You know how many too. you know how many calories that that shake powder is? It's yeah. like a million calories. And she wants to eat this. I'm going, Justice, honey, you know, this is for somebody that's in, like, you know, the trenches of some well, how, kind of How war. old was she at the time? Oh, God, she was probably, you know, if she was eight, it would be, it'd be well, lucky. Eight, they're going to, they can have all the calories they want. They want. At that age. But, but I'm looking at her going, you don't want to eat all this stuff. It'll stop up your bathroom trips. You'll be, something will be wrong. Uh, it goes fine for them. So <laughs> we're out with the State Department touring. Kyrgyzstan. They have a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's called um, K2. American American Bookstop or American Corners. And what they would do is they would go out into uh, parts of Kyrgyzstan and try and promote American culture because the Soviets had portrayed us as assholes. Oh, yeah. Just terrible people. And we were trying to make friends with the locals, win the hearts and minds to keep Manas Air Base open because it was a huge hub. And eventually closed. Yeah, we lost the yeah, That's how successful we were. Yeah, you did a good, uh, job. You did a good job. Good job. Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> as you know, I don't have a very strong stomach. I have a very terrible, weak stomach. And anytime I get near foreign food, things don't go well for what, JR. What did you eat? Didn't matter. Well, well what? Okay. It, it was it like just... it didn't matter. I when I was on base eating the base food, I was you were okay. Fine. You were eating at the bowling alley. Or I was okay. okay. Right. You know, it's a defect at um, Manas, but as we went into the country, and these people are hosting us, or we have people that are Oh, us. nice. Yeah, so there's like, like... church families. Well, no, not people, but, <laughs> but we would have local... Uh, we go to the local hotel, or... It wasn't even hotels, dude. It was like... Like a hostel, if you're lucky. Yeah, it wasn't a hostel, but it was these places that... Um, we had rooms and bathrooms, running water, but but were the we, were the bathrooms uh, not Western toilets? Because I remember being well, over there and it wasn't a okay. Western toilet. Well, when we were traveling on the road, there were the toilet consisted of a, a, a stone and mortar wall, and you go around the other side of the wall, and there was a hole right. with cement around right. it and a bunch of flies. Yep, and you just did your squat it and did it. You. Take care of business, and that's what we fake it till you make it, pal. Well, in those MRE things, there's there's toilet paper. Oh, there's toilet paper. That's right. There used to be cigarettes a long time ago. Back in the day, back in the day, yeah. when, when I went to basic C-rats training or whatever. Right. Yep. But so, anyways, my stomach did not do well. I get very loose. I get right. di- I diarrhea. It was terrible. It was just I'm, and, and squatting I'm over dying. that hole. Squatting over well, that hole. when you're traveling, there's nowhere else to go. That's all right. you have. You have to. Yep. That's all you have yeah. there. Yeah. So, uh, I eventually stopped eating. The food that they were serving me on the local economy. They would go sit down and eat. And, like, we'd do a concert in this square or whatever. Right. And everyone would go eat. And I would, I would sit down and pretend I was going to eat and say, thank you. But, you know, or you know, put my – after a while, I wasn't even going into the places. I was just standing outside talking to – Smoke them if you got them, dude. Oh, my stomach was awful. And here's the thing about MREs. They are the best thing in the world. To make you poop. To bind you up. Oh, bind you up? Oh, yeah. They make you firm. <laughs> I mean, I was just... Oh, <laughs> oh that's beautiful. Uh, people eat those and they won't go for days. Well, they're not supposed to in battle. Well, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We exactly. shit yourself afterwards. You're done. You know, done. Shit yourself in battle, pal. You're getting those, shot at. They were like the... They were like... Nirvana for me at the time, it, and it was like it's, it's like good old. They come in like lasagna, or you know, it was like really good meat. It was like lasagna, aka spackle. 
Uh, Salisbury steak, aka <laughs> yeah. mu- mud, cement, <laughs> it, muck. It, it, it was just enough to offset. So it was like it was, I was finally normal. It, it, it was, For the first time, my whole deployment, it, it, I was finally normal. It was ta- like taking an emodium. I had, yeah, I had like the Kyrgyzstan food and then the, uh, the uh, MRE. And Kyrgyzstan like, ah, craps and the oh, military well, those, binders. Yeah, it, it worked oh, out. That's beautiful. Just so that's my MRE story, <laughs> and I'm sticking with it. Oh. Oh, that's beautiful. I we used to call uh, Kyrgyzstan Ukrapistan. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead early to go to the Weller because we were talking about this before we started the podcast. All Scott right. Weller this is section one, is this section is called Go, go to, to the, the Weller, Weller, and it's brought to you by Dark, Dark Horse. Um, Scott Weller was a was a he still is a, a drummer that uh, was stationed with us, and we bring up his stories because he was a young kid. And uh, these stories, we've we've decided that are not just about Weller, but they're about anything that's funny, on the road, on the road, or any or anywhere yes. else. Um, so, uh, I was trying to remember where I was going with this with this story. Well, we had a, oh oh that was we were talking about you we talking about Ukrapistan. Um, so we're on our first deployment. The band at um, Hanscom went on the first deployment. The band here at Wright Pat went on the second deployment. This was yeah. in two thousand four. So we were all kind of, you know, new at this whole thing. So we get to, to Manas and it's like 11 or 12 o'clock and we're trying to figure out a way to call home because, you know, everything's six hours, seven hours ahead. So we decided we were going to head to the morale tent about 1, 1.30 a.m. to go make our phone calls to try to get a, get a hold of everybody. Now the way things work, you know, you could pretty much FaceTime in the desert yeah. or anything else. So it's a little different. They're starting to charge people. Are they for to it? Use, to yeah, use Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi or whatever. Yeah. But the, the point is, is it, it's still better than it was. But anyway. Oh, yeah. We're walking. Well, we're, back in the day, it was mail call. Yeah. You had to wait to get mail. Literally. Yeah. My, yeah I, I've, Before I've, our time, of course. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. When my father was in Korea, my grandfather sent him a, a salami, and the salami had been there so long, it, was, it took to get over there. It had grease and salt on it. He had to peel it all <laughs> off to eat the salami, but he did it. He said, he said I didn't give a shit. That salami looked good. <laughs> but anyway, um, we're walking to the morale tent. And you know, Manas is a is a is a forward, a forward operating base, but it's not a it's a staging area, so it's not it's not a, a real worrisome about about you know getting shot at or anything. No, you're gonna get attacked. But we're walking, and it's like kind of walking in mash. And uh, in the process of walking in mash, you know, you see all these tents, and then you see these um, screens that are up that are that are like uh, um, you know uh, they look like they're camouflage. And we're walking, and two of the, the young ladies that were with us, Felita, now LaRock, and Allison Jones, are walking ahead of us. And there's these um, creatures that are above our heads that are flying around at 1, 1.30 in the a.m. So I kind of figured that these were not, you know, birds. But I wasn't about to say anything to the young ladies because, you know, they would react differently than I would. So after all that... Um, we're walking, and Allison and Felita look at each other, and they look up, and they go, "Oh, look at the pretty birds! birds. Isn't that nice? There's birds out here at one thirty in the morning, and they're kind of flying <laughs> they're, really. They're, they're flying erratic, <laughs> and and they go, "I wonder what all these these little camouflage nets are for." I said, "That's to protect the bats from getting into your room." What? Yes, they're bats. Oh, and they're, they're screaming into the night, you know, the, the rest of the way to the, you know, thank God we weren't in a war zone. Otherwise, there'd be people coming out and, you know, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So that's, that's, that's my, that's my, uh, uh, Ukrapistan story. Or, or that's a great story. story. You know, 
Look so at the pretty I, birds. I hate to admit this, and it's a terrible story. Oh God. Since we're going to the well, water. you have to. It, it's we the same tour. It's the same tour. It was um, before we left. Like I said, my stomach was not good. Right. So Manasseh have some really nice running trails. That or at least when I was there in 2013, you could you could go on these different trails and run. It's still within the wire. You're on the base. Cool. And it was easy to kind of get lost out there if you didn't know where you and, were. Yeah. So we're transient. We're just we're right for a couple of weeks. And right. Then we're out. And most people think. They're there, they're there for, what, six months? Or, yeah, probably you know. six months, unless they're transit fl- coming in and out of Flying some Afghanistan in, 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 or right. whatever. So, so, anyways. There's a shithole. <laughs> that's a whole That's, that's well, a whole other story. Future, that's a future, story, future podcast. So, I decide I'm going to go for a run. You've been on the plane, whatever. Get some tension out, you know. And I've got to go. <laughs> Dude, I have... To, and it's like it's 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 urgent imminent you're crowning <laughs> <laughs> it was bad so anyways i'm look there's there's uh, i, I might, might have passed one or two people the whole time i was out there running and eventually it's like I've, okay i've got to come up with a <laughs> i'm gonna come up with a solution here because things are about to go bad you know so i'm looking around and i'm like okay there's some trees over there and i just I, I just went for it. I had to get, I went over next to the tree, dropped trowel, and it man took care of business. And um, I left some underwear over there <laughs> in Kyrgyzstan. Now that the Russians are back over there, I left them a present, and they can have it. Yeah, I bet they can. And that's my story. That's your story. That's my other story. I, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking to and it. It's sticking to them. Right. One quick one, and then we can go on. Sure. Al- Allison um, Jones was also on that same trip. Um, yeah. In Kyrgyzstan. When great you said, singer. When you said, yeah, great singer. Yeah, awesome. we, we were running, or she was running. We were in Bagram Air Base in, in Afghanistan, and that's why yeah, I said, that's why I said things are a shithole in 10 times 10. Um, Bagram's not that bad. Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't that great. Any, anyway... <laughs> We go. I'm up in up in the the uh, the tower. Drew, Jeff, Sandra, and I yeah, go up yeah, into yeah. the tower, and we're checking out the tower. These civilian guys come up. Now, this is our half of the story, and then there's the Allison half of the story. Guy comes up and he goes, "Hey, how you guys doing? All right, how are you?" And he says, "You know what you're looking at over here?" And I go, "No, not really." And he goes, "Take a look out the uh, the range past the tarmac. There's a there's a mountain range." Mm-hmm. Now, I, yeah. I grew up in Pennsylvania, so there are some mountains, but not mountains like this. No, those are, those are like Colorado kind of mountains. Colorado mountains. Or, yeah. or, I, or I, I compare them to Japan where Fuji and all those things, you can see all the mountains. And mountains were, were fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's actually very pretty. Yeah. It's right. Okay. So, so he's, there's, a, there's the, the uh, uh, tower, there's a tarmac, and then out, I'm pushing my hands way out. It, it's um, it's the, the mountains. Yes. Five, I, five seven wingspan. Right, right, hands. right. Yeah, thanks. Um, so anyway... Uh, we go, we, he looks at the mountains. He goes, you see those mountains over there? I go, yeah, pretty pretty. Huh? I said, yeah. He says, between the tarmac and the mountain, he said, uh, there's 30,000 unexploded ordinances back from the days of, of uh, Russian wars in the 80s. He says, don't leave the base. Uh, uh, okay, you don't have to. You, you, you don't like have to. You would leave the base. Or well, like you're not even allowed to leave the base. Well, here, here's, here's the second half of the story. While this is going on with me, Allison Jones decides she's going to go for a run. Now the ba- oh, no. now the base is not exactly set up where the perimeter is. It, it's fluid. It's yeah. it's not like like what Iraq. Is this? this is two thousand four. 
Oh, oh, geez. Yeah. So it, so it's still we're still in the in the, the shit a little bit. Yeah, I was and, there eleven years later. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Fairly well it fairly developed. Right. It's yeah. not it's not developed the same way. Like like you couldn't tell where the end of the base was. It's just yeah. this road. So Allison decides to go for a run. Now, first of all, she's a long-haired woman in you know in in a in a, a, a running outfit. No, no, no. I assume it was Air Force PT gear. Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. was it was fine as far as that goes. It wasn't yeah. inappropriate as far as what she was yeah, wearing. But, but now her still, long hair is long dangling hair. in the back, and you know you can obviously tell yeah. that she's a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes for a run, and a, and I found out this afterwards. I was the NCOIC of the group, so technically I was kind of in charge of those guys. Not technically. Yeah, technically. <laughs> well, te- technically. <laughs> well, technically because they had a senior master sergeant there. I mean, you know, and but I was I was the NCOIC of the group. So I'm still in charge. Yeah, I'm still in charge. So she goes out and she runs and she runs off the base. Oh shit. And she doesn't know she's run oh, off the base. Oh shit. She's now into like a four or five mile run off the base. Oh my goodness. So now she turns around and she has this brief moment of clarity where I she should not be here. I should not be here. Why are these these trucks with military people headed in the wrong direction toward away from me? So she stops and she turns around and she runs her happy ass back. Okay, so she she got back okay, yeah. right? No issue. But then she tells me the damn story. Right after I was just up in the damn tarmac, you know, in the tower, going, see those unexploded ordnances don't go off the base, you know. So I'm looking. I go, what the hell is wrong with you? I I don't want to fill out paperwork. I don't want to call anybody. Get your stay on the base. And so after that, she's like, I'm sorry, I won't, I won't do that again. You know, it's like, you got to be kidding me. But when she told me, it's, a, it's like literally like I, got, I went to go get a coffee and I saw her when she just came back on the base and she tells me this story. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. You know, and so that, that's my the last part of the go to the Weller story. Well, it's a perfect time to play a tune. Okay. It's a little tune I wrote. Oh, yeah. What do, you, what do, we, what do we call this? Base Hunters? Base, base Hunter. Base Hunter. Well, I wanted to call it Sea Hunt. Yeah, but that was taken by a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. White Bridges would be really upset with you. Yeah. So speaking of bridges, we'll we'll come back to that. Let's let's uh, Oh, okay. Let's play a tune. Let's play a tune. All right. Thank you. 
So what do you think? That's a good tone. I like it. It was I'm fun. Working, I'm working on it. Yeah. Still, I, I got to work up the melody a little more. Yeah, a little we more development. We, we talked about this as far as writing tunes goes. Yeah. You, know, you just got to sit with it for a while. Yeah. See if you like it. And when you have a tune that doesn't have lyrics, how do you name that tune? That's a, that's, that's a great topic to talk about. <laughs> oh, it's I, like, I how, do you, how do you name a tune that there's no words? <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple that I've got a couple that have names to it that so, you, know, you mentioned uh, Lloyd Bridges, you know, from Sea Hunt, right? But you want to bring up Jeff Bridges, yes, because I want to talk a little bit about the dude, the dude abides. The dude. So that's my favorite movie, if, the if, Big Lebowski. Oh, Lebowski is um, something I will watch. Uh, I, I've probably seen it fifty times or uh, more. I'm, maybe sure, more. I'm sure I've seen it. At least that. Yeah, maybe more. Well, let, let me let me ask you something. For the people that don't know about this movie, Jeff Bridges uh, is is the is the main character, yes. and he's basically um, a deadbeat. A deadbeat. Yeah, you know he's in he, California. He writes a check for some heavy cream <laughs> in the first ten minutes of the movie, so he can go home and make a it's, white it's Russian. The first and it's, minute. It's the opening credit. He's writing a check for like a dollar seven. Ralph's. At Ralph's grocery store. I think it's eighty cents. It's, 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 I think it's eighty it's, it's cents. It's ridiculous. It's as cheap as shit. And I think she looks, you know, for his ID. He uses right. Ralph Ralph's card. Right, Ralph's card. And it's open because he tested it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it he works. tasted it back in the. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he got his mustache all white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that, that's yeah. yeah that, that's the basic start of the movie, and it gets worse from there. You know, well, or better, better, but you know, but but squirrel. Not for him. Not for him. He had a he had a hell he walks of a time. into his apartment and there's these two guys waiting to beat the crap out, out of him. And they grab him at the door and they pull him across his apartment into the bathroom and shove his head and the swir- into the commode. It's a swirly. <laughs> That's right. It was swirly. And it's like, hey, where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, you shithead? <laughs> And he pulls his head up and, and he says, uh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. 
<laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's perfect. And they take the rug. Well, what happens is Wu, That's one right. of the guys, he's one of the tough guys, he's, his name's Wu, um, pees on the rug. That's right. And that's what starts the whole travesty. Problem, because he starts looking for looking for well, he's like, reparations for his for his, his rug. rug because the rug, rug tied the room together. It really tied the room <laughs> together. So he's you know complaining about it to his bowling buddies who uh, Steve Buscemi and uh, John Goodman. Yeah, so it's it's uh, Walter Sobchak mm-hmm. who is, is this uh, ex Vietnam warrior, so uh-huh. to speak. Uh-huh. And um, Donnie. Donnie. Forget Donnie's. Donnie's I, don't think really ma- I don't think it really, they, really they matters. They mentioned his name. But anyways, um, they realized that they had the wrong guy. They had a, they were looking for a millionaire. Right. Named Lebowski. Named Lebowski. And they got the deadbeat Lebowski. So since they were looking for the millionaire Lebowski, he should be the one. That has to pay that for the rug. That pays for the rug. Yeah, right. come on. Because it tied the room together. It really did, did it not. It did tie the room together. Exactly. It made that whole room. So anyways, one of my favorite movies I watch I watch, I watch with my kids now. Now I, that they're I, old enough to... There's there's more F-bombs in there than probably... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Kelly was uh, Blues Brothers. Holy shit, there's a lot of swearing. Oh, there's a lot of swearing in Blues Brothers. I remember well, when my kids well, were like 10 about, or something. It's about like, Chicago. What do you want? <laughs> I know, you know. But it was like... It's such great music, and you got Ray, um, Ray Charles, Cab Calloway, Aretha Franklin, Aretha Franklin. You got you know, this great band, Blue, Blue Lou Marini, and and I'm like, oh, my kids are ten. Let's watch this movie. It's hilarious. And then and everyone was, oh yeah, there's Nazis and a shit ton of yeah, bombs. Well, <laughs> let me let's go back to the Big Lebowski because sure, because this movie. is this is a, a curiosity that I have. That. Movie is your favorite, and I certainly yeah. understand why it's a favorite. We, I'm sure we could go through a bunch of favorites that I ha- that I have and you have. Sure, sure. But here's the here's the thing. In this particular case, the Lebowski one works because it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a sardonic com- comedy. It's a comedy, yes. but it's sardonic. So so the it doesn't follow necessarily a straight line. It's it's very obtuse, mm. or, or potentially obtuse for some of the things that are going on. Like sure. one, one spot in the movie, uh, the guy the, Lebowski's. Uh, landlord comes for the rent. Yes. And in the process of coming for the rent, he said he can't pay him right away and he's okay with that. But he, but this guy's doing this dance thing yes. that he wants Lebowski to come to. And it's like, and a, give him notes and give him notes and criticism. Oh, 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 and dude, can you, you know, it's, it's, it's the 15th already. Could you, you know, but the, oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, so watching this for the first time, what was your, if you remember, what was oh, your yeah. initial thing? Because, there's, I didn't get it the first time. Right. But but get, but, but like how long did it, how long did it take before you went what the fuck <laughs> is this movie about? What's going on? I don't I mean the for me the swirly in the in the, in the toilet which is in the first 5 minutes of yeah, the movie it's, it's the or maybe maybe 7 minutes of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's in the opening of the you movie. You know, and then the the rug goes and then he's sitting there, you know, uh, trying to trying to get to the millionaire about the time when he gets to the millionaire, so they start talking to each other, and they're com- it's the conversation. Wait, is man! Just, wait, 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 man! I'm not Lebowski, right? I'm you're Lebowski. Lebowski. I'm, I'm the, the dude. dude, or that's what you call or me. Your dudeness. You or, call or, me the, the you know, dude. If you're not into the, the whole duder. brevity thing, or El Duderino. <laughs> if you're not into the whole brevity, brevity thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but, but but by the time you get to that point, you're going. What the fuck is this? Yeah. This is this, this. It's not. It's not your your typical. It's Friday night. Your wife and and you have had dinner, and now you're going out to see a Star Is Born. 
you know. No, it's 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 a Coen Brothers right. movie, which is you know he, they do a lot of crazy stuff. I always liked. I like a lot of their stuff. The Reservoir Dogs. Oh, Reservoir Dogs, great. How come I can't be Mr. White? <laughs> <laughs> You're Mr. Pink. Pink. Shut up. Shut up. You're Mr. Pink. But the, my favorite movie before that was Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. And, and that, but now that movie, the references but, in. But once again, you have to. The first time I saw it, I thought it was a real documentary. Right, a real documentary. Oh, Rob Reiner's in it. Rob Reiner's the, the guy doing the documentary. Yeah. He's also got directed. Yeah. He's doing the documentary, and you're going. I just know Rob Reiner, Meathead, and, and, and all of the family. And I'm like, what? The? But then I'm watching the thing. I'm like, oh, this is a this real, is a real thing, man. right? And the interviews were like, it seemed like they were real guys. <laughs> and, then, and then it's not. <laughs> this one goes to eleven. What the fuck is he talking then? about? <laughs> you can't even touch that. Don't even look at it. <laughs> the review for Sar- uh, Shark Sandwich was one word: shit sandwich. Shit sandwich. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> But but th- those kind th- those, those are movies I'm attracted to because they're they're kind of quirky and it's if if I it's we've talked about this before it was like with music if it's like the first if it's one of the tunes that comes out in the beginning of the summer and it's got a hip thing and you're going oh this is cool I love this song the first two times you love it you will not like it by the end of the summer oh, you're no. going to be like oh my if if somebody keeps playing this song I'm 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 going to go bananas because it's just Oh, it's just over and over, and it's just, oh my! Every channel you turn to, do you remember my Sharona? That was played. Thank you. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. So that summer, that song was played more than the national anthem or any other song, and my goodness, it would drive you bananas. But there's other things that you you really don't like the first time you hear it or watch it. But it grows on you. But yeah, it's it's, it's just yeah. that it's 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 like fine tuning the dial on UHF. And for mm. you kids that don't know what UHF is, <laughs> there used to be dials on TVs, not remote controls, and you would get my my mother and I used to call it three six and ten yeah. when you were home in Philadelphia. It was it was three six and ten with much a bunch of other stuff in there, but nothing much. And then when you put it on UHF, you dialed it in, and there was fuzz. And if you turned it the right way, you got a channel. You know, and it's exactly the same way. It's like UHF where you go, this makes no goddamn sense to me. And then you go, oh, yeah, now I get it. Because it's cause I'm making a, a hand gesture of turning. Yes, with five, seven wingspan. Right. Five, seven. I'm five, eight. Okay, five, eight wingspan. <laughs> what? You have a shorter wingspan than your height. No, it can't be. Well, my finger is it's shorter. Short, I, exactly. I, I, I can count to nine and seven eighths on my hands. <laughs> yeah. And not many people can say that. You know, I surely and, cannot. And brag about it in the process. I think my yes. first finger is still bigger than yours. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so uh, the general was over in our building a couple days ago. The, he plays the, guitar. The, general the Gen- McMurray. Oh, General McMurray. I thought you were talking yeah. about the general from the auto insurance. Well, he's, he's, he's wearing a lot of hats right now because he's, he's the four-star for a major command. But he's a three-star, so he's like... Oh, he's in his seat. He's like frocking in the frocking yeah. In the well, seat. he's well, he's not frocking. He's like waiting till the guy gets here because oh, he should he? backed up in oh, oh, Congress oh, oh, and well, all this. And they can't pass a damn. Oh, never mind. Let's not get into politics. Yeah, yeah. Well, no once problem. I retire, we'll talk more politics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Get, I'm probably getting myself in enough trouble as it is. I was talking some day. I do a podcast. I'm like, it's probably going to get me fired. I'm probably going to retire, <laughs> and that's fine. I'm ready to retire. Anyways, the general came over. He's a guitar player. Okay. L- loves to play, loves music, loves to play guitar. Okay. And wants to play at the banquet on Wednesday. We have this big banquet. We're bringing all these people in from the command to celebrate 
um, award winners, oh. and they also have a senior senior leader conference okay. where the all the big dogs get together and and is it for AM, AFMC or something? Yeah, like yeah, it's for the major command. Okay. So we reached out. We knew he plays guitar, and said, "Hey, why don't you come up on can, stage with us?" Can you this? say how well he plays guitar? He's good. Okay. Yeah, he's 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 not like. Alex Lifeson or anybody, you know, he's, well. he's, he's, but he, he can play. He wants, he said he wanted to do, um, Riders in the Sky. Great tune. I was like the, uh, Outlaws version of that. I don't know if you're into the Outlaws. No. Florida band. They did, uh, Green, Green Grass and High Tides Forever. They were kind of like, um, Molly Hatchet, Southern Rock Band back in the, back in the day. Dude, I thought we grew up in the same era. What the hell? Well, yeah, but I no. love that. You know, it's post Skinner kind of Molly Hatchet, no. Outlaws. I'm I'm glad you do. Anyways, they do a nice version of Rising the Sky. The general came over. He played. We rehearsed. He's going to be good to go for the banquet next Wednesday. What kind of guitar does he have? Plays a, uh, he's a guitarophile. What, what would that be like? A, a, an audiophile for guitar. Yes, a, a, a guitar yes. aficionado. He's yes, an he aficionado. Is. What does he have? Um, it's some kind of acoustic. I don't know the name because it's kind of like a, a cr- you know, craft. You know, oh. what do you call it? Like boutique. Oh, boutique guitar. He's got, yeah, he's got a Martin. He's that's... not going to play the Martin, but he's got like some other things that he brought over. Don't, does he sing? He can, but he's not going to sing with the group. Okay. But, Smart man. Well, yeah. A man's got to know his limitations. Man's got to know his limitations. And that comes up to this quote he said, because he talked to the band afterwards, and he said, this is his quote, don't overestimate your talent, but don't underestimate your impact. That's good. And I, that kind of, when he first said, don't overestimate your talent, I'm like, oh, he just misspoke. He wants to say, don't underestimate your talent. But no, generals don't misspeak. No. He was saying exactly what he meant. Don't overestimate your talent, but don't underestimate your impact. And I'm trying to unpack that still. I'm still trying to, you know, kind of well, dig, dig down a little bit in that. And so this morning I was watching the Today Show and they have this this female football player. She was featured on Super Bowl commercials. Okay. And she is a cornerback or a safety, something along those lines in high school. And she actually got picked up for a college team. And her goal or her dream is to play in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. And this is where it kind of hit me because I'm listening to her talk about this is what I want to do. This is my dream. So on and so forth. And, And I started thinking, well, don't overestimate your talent but don't underestimate your impact so for her man you're gonna go play with those guys in the nfl those 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 are some big dudes that are super fast and i'm not saying she can't do it maybe she can i don't know but don't overestimate your talent on the football field yeah but also, or don't overestimate your talent on the football field, but don't underestimate the impact you have by coming as far as you have, and the impact you can t- continue so, to have. So if she stop, if she stops before getting to the NFL, she still has an impact. Exactly. She she is the first female to get this far. Yes. You know, in, in this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And 
and in that process, you look at something and you realize that ultimate goals aren't necessarily where you need to stop or where you what you need to achieve. In other words, if she wants to get into the NFL, you're right. Some 300-pound Dominic and Sue or whatever his name is, you know, the 300 and yeah. some odd thousand pound man that, would, that, that has a temper and will run you over like a freight train. You know, what the hell happens if he hits her? Well, I think genetics are genetics. We can't deny that men are larger. Just larger in frame and larger in, in muscle and muscle stature. And Isn't there it, are women that, that are badass. That are badass and, women. And, yeah. No doubt about it. I'm not, they, can, I, they kick our asses. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm twice. not going to sit here and say that. Uh, you know, all men kick all women's well, asses. What's that? No. What's that? What's that? That MMA fighter, uh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Yeah, I wouldn't. But I'm not this, messing I, with I'm going to get in the ring with her. I'd be running away. I'd be trying to jump the jump the fence. But the, I will say this: the baddest ass MMA fighter that's male. Uh, good luck. Yeah, good luck. You're not. You're. You're not going to compete. Yeah. No. Just because of of genetics and physics. Right. It's just, so, it's just it's just a simple thing. So it, it, and it, and that's what I'm worried about with this young woman. lady. She's got great goals and aspirations, and keep training, keep doing everything. You know, chase but, after. But, but how don't. how far is enough? Yeah. Well, yeah. How far is enough before you look at it and go, I can't, I can't do that. Well, what do you want? The risk. Because it could be your life. Well, remember the remember the. It could it, be your life. It wasn't exactly the same way. Remember the movie Million Dollar Baby? We were talking about movies. Yes, that was a great. Like, that's that, a great that example woman of it. Busted her ass, and she knew what she was doing. And, and Clint was a great yeah. great trainer, but all it took was you know one hit, and the woman's yeah. paralyzed. Yeah. And now it was a woman that was fighting her, but the woman was definitely Still. bigger than she was. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wouldn't want to get in yeah. there with anybody. I think it's time for another tune. What tune do you want to do now? Do one of your tunes. Oh yeah, I, we we call it Happy Bass Day. <laughs> I, I wrote it. I wrote it today while we were while I was I was playing it on stuff, so, and I'm sitting there playing through this thing. I'm going, you know, this just sounds happy. So it, it's called Happy Bass Day. Let's have some happiness with it. Let's get this thing on. There you go. Thank you. 
Did you like it? I loved it. There you I'm, go. I'm happy. I'm, if, if you're not happy, I'm like after Pharrell that, happy. <laughs> that's good. Pharrell, like, ha- yeah. Pharrell happy. Happy. <laughs> oh God, don't sing. Yeah, no. We we we, we, we have we have a, we have a rule that there's no bass players that sing well, except well, for, except Sean, for let's start Sean the list. Stanley, <laughs> Getty Lee, Sting. Yeah. yeah okay. There's, yeah, not, there's not, us. not us. Not us. Not us. Yeah, Sting. Oh my gosh. No, I'm happy me. to play damn bass. How about Paul McCartney? Oh jeez, I don't. Come on. Sorry. Oh, you know, come on, talk about him. I've seen him twice. Early on mm-hmm. in '91 at Vet Stadium, and then recently at Columbus Nationwide Stadium, three or four years ago. And he's coming to Fort Wayne to do to his thing. Now, back at Columbus, when is this? Uh, the beginning of June. Are you kidding? No, we should go. It's two hundred and seventy-eight dollars for a ticket. It's money, Vinny. No. <laughs> It's Paul McCartney. I've seen him twice. I haven't he's, seen him yet. He's lovely. And he's worth But the last ticket, I, Chrissy and I went, we spent about $300 between our tickets, and then we got a hotel room, so it was about $150. So about $450 to see, see Paul McCartney. We'd have to do like more than that, dude. We're talking about over $500 to see the guy between you and me. I'm going. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> It's in Fort Wayne. There's only 13,000 people in the arena, but you have to act fast because the tickets are starting to go. Are you kidding me? I'm very serious. I've got to get on this. Yeah. If you're listening to this, I've already bought my tickets because I'm not fooling around with this. Paul McCartney, he's not going to be around for much longer. I've never well, seen when him. When I saw him in, in when he was 73 years old, so that's three years ago, three or four years ago, he was phenomenal. Three hours show, he didn't stop once. Live and let die. Oh, my God. Everything was good. Now, he, he's 76 years old. No, you know, uh, dig about that. But at 76, his voice is a little different hey, than it was. I went this past summer, saw Tony Bennett. He's, he's like 95 he's or 92, something. 92. And he was still singing like a mofo. Yeah, he does not have the range that these guys had back in their prime. But you can still hear the soul in their voice. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, the guy's got, the guy's got like... 70 years of experience, for Christ's sake. He's got a person's worth of experience. Uh, you know, a natural being lives He's to be about 72. He's more tunes than we I would we like to remember half the tunes he forgot. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean come he's on. He's written like a ton of tunes. You know, and this is a guy that doesn't read music, right? We, right. we always talk about, oh, you need to read music. But I see him as an artist. Frank, Frank well, he is, he is truly a real, he's, he's, a, pain, he's a painter. Uh, and, who? Uh, Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett's a painter. Oh, I was talking about Paul McCartney. Oh, Paul McCartney's a painter too. I don't think what. Yeah, Paul McCartney's a painter too. Because I've got some work on my back on the back side of my Not house. Not that kind of painting. No, no, no. I, I, I had this. I had this this vision like because McCartney shows up at like these weird things. I thought like you know one day I'd be because te- I because when I teach students that are beginning, I'll teach them like McCartney bass lines to start. You know. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a good. One. But but the idea behind this is that McCartney's lines are very melodic, 
They're, they're very teachable, even though some of them are very difficult. And in the process of doing this, you, you help them learn how to play, and they're happy by playing. Yeah, oh, yeah. You were supposed to keep on your rant while I play. Oh, that's right. Well, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you started something I want to play. Anyway, the, the, point, the point I'm trying to make is that, that I, I had this, this dream that I'm sitting in my house playing, playing with a student, and all of a sudden McCartney comes down and goes, what, what, what are you playing? You know, it's like, oh, here you go. Here's the bass. I know it's right-handed, but here you go. You just play. I'm just going to watch. You know, so I, I mean, McCartney is so um, I love go- the wings, guarded. Too. Oh, Wings is so Just fantastic. well-crafted tunes. You know, I, I was reading a little thing. We talked Benny, about, what? Open the door. Open what door? Let him in. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so, so I fell right for that. So the, the, the little thing they had on Google was of all the Beatles. Now, uh, now of course, um, John Lennon died early. Yeah. But, but of all the Beatles, McCartney had the most singles post-Beatles. He's had well. nine singles, including recently with that Come On uh, come on to Me from his Egyptian Station thing. I think that's the one he had number mm-hmm. one with. He had nine. The closest person to him was, was I think, um, Harrison with yeah. three or four. You know, and now Harrison Harrison had the first one after after the Beatles went away with the, the concert for Bangladesh. So you know. I'm, I'm not a, I love the Beatles, but I I don't know a ton about their history. But I think it kind of illustrates that John was the um, activist and the artist and the the poet the poet exactly. And and McCartney was really. The, melod- the melodicisms and the tunes and all the things that, you know, come to the nuts and bolts of writing a great song. There, there was discussions um, about, about the Beatles, um, and they said that when, when McCartney left, because it was supposed to be John that really left, but the, but McCartney was the one in the papers that, that left the Beatles, broke up the Beatles. I still was, it was John and Yoko, but that that's beside the point. That um, McCartney, the iterations of McCartney after the Beatles was what, if the Beatles had continued, was what the Beatles would have became. I agree with that. Yeah. And here's, here's, here's the other thing. This is my opinion. I, I base it on my own. Maybe better, too, because George Harrison could write. Oh, George Harrison could write. And the only reason that so George had had that to what, what they had right, with Wings, wings. I think that, it would, man, it would have been even better. Yeah. But, but the, mm. the, the way I looked at it was this. In the early beginnings of the Beatles, which is just before both of our times. Right. Yeah, yeah, the the Beatles were basically, you know, playing that fifties ish type music that was growing into sixties, and John Lennon was most of the the guy that was doing the singing, and he was the straight laced, shaved face guy. In my opinion, the beginning of the Beatles was based on what Lennon wanted, and as the band grew, I, I think when John Lennon made that comment about we are bigger than Jesus Christ, the, they told him to stop talking. And stay away from this and that. And I think McCartney started doing more writing or more more popular writing. Now, the Lennon and McCartney were working together. So, you know, right. these, these tunes were together. But I think McCartney became what the Beatles grew into. Right. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I love, I really love all their music. Mm-hmm. I need to kind of dig into the history of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Great music. We're going to feature them in our next concert at the Air Force Museum. Oh, really? May 11th. May 11th. If you're in the Dayton area. Yes. May come 11th, come out to the Air Force Museum and see the Air Force Band of Flight. Yes. We're going to do a concert called Invasion. The British are coming. So we're going to do 
Beatles, Stones, Led Zeppelin, and other allies. So we're going to include Canada, Australia. Do you know any bands from Canada or Australia? Uh, Australia would be uh, Supertramp. Really? I did not know that. I'm pretty sure that's correct. I may be wrong, but... I was thinking we, ACDC, but... Well, ACDC. Yeah. Uh, I think Supertramp might be in there. Hmm. So far as Canadian bands go, I'm sure I know. You never heard of a band called Rush? Rush is Canadian. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bachman Turner Overdrive. Right, right. They're Canadian. So. Oh, it's Dragon Tack. That's Queen. Um, well, we will do definitely do some Queen. But they're Amer- they're Amer- no, they're British. British. That's quite, right. They're, 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 quite, they're, quite, the British are coming. They're quite British. Right, go back to oh, Grand Piano. They're quite British. Spinal Tap. Right, oh, right. right. <laughs> Look at this one here. Still got the old tagger on it. No, don't don't, don't look at it. Don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch no, it. No, none for you. Seen enough of that one. <laughs> oh my. So King Crimson is one of my favorite bands from about when I was watching Spinal Tap. Oh yeah. I was getting into King Crimson and they had an album out called Discipline. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a great album. Yeah. So there are several iterations of King Crimson. They started out much earlier. So Robert Fripp is the guitar player. Okay, who's, right. He's kind of the impetus behind King Crimson. <clears throat> and he's like the Chris Squire of Yes. Any iteration of King Crimson is going to have Robert Fripp in it. And just, you know, like Yes was driven by Chris Squire. So there was earlier versions of King Crimson that had um, started with Giles, Giles, and Fripp. Was the first, and they didn't really go anywhere. Um, but eventually, they they had um, some success with uh, who's the Lake? Greg Lake. Yes, Greg Lake sang with them for a while, and they had a nice success, and they had a hiatus for a while. But in the eighties, they came back, and Discipline was the first album. It was Red. I remember that. Beat was the second album. It was blue, and it was a little more poppy, a little more Adrian Blue's style. Because what happened was when they came out in the 80s, it was they enlisted um, Adrian Blue, who's from Cincinnati. I didn't know that. Yeah, I he's from, what, what, I saw him with David Bowie. The, so did I. He was great. Oh, with my God. It was almost freaking Bowie. ridiculous. He's from the same Covington. Oh, okay. The kid with the MAGA hat and the Indian. Yeah. He's from the same town. He's from Covington. Cool. Yeah, Adrian Ballou. So Adrian Ballou is a great guitar player, singer, songwriter. You know, he, he, Ridiculous. Well, he, he worked with Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. He was in the middle of Talking Heads with David Byrne. Right. You, did you tell me the story that they wanted him to, him to, to uh, replace David Byrne? He go, I'm not getting in the middle of this. I didn't tell you that, but that's what I've read. Yeah. And he said, no, no, I'm no, not, no, no. I'm not. So they did Tom Tom Club. Okay. And he was with them in Tom Tom Club and... Things didn't go well. It was T- Tina Weymouth on bass. And Tina Weymouth is a badass woman bass, bass player. Bass player, yeah. So is Esmeralda Spalding. But then, well, Esmeralda, yeah. Well, that's another. Gail Dorsey. Yeah. So the second, this later iteration, the 80s, so on and so forth, iteration of King Crimson. Tony Levin. Tony Levin on bass, who's Bill, a great studio Bill, musician. Bill Bruford. Bill Bruford, who on left yes. Bless, yes. He left yes on the earlier iteration to join to join to King, join Fripp. King, Fripp and King Crimson. Yes. Yeah. So 
um, just some great progressive rock that people, if you're not familiar with King Crimson, dig in, get in there. I would recommend Discipline. Maybe oh, it's the great, first. That's a great album. That, when I was, when I was going to the college. First one. You got to open your mind. I heard, that, very, I heard that in college. I was like, holy very, shit, who the fuck are these yeah, people? Yeah, it's out there. It's out there on multiple levels. Harmonically, melodically. Uh, Bill Bruford's playing a very um, Gamalian, which is like a Eastern percussion. Strong beats on 2 and 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to get too technical for our listeners. If, but that's, if that's technical, really, we're all in trouble. It's very uh, interesting. Uh, love that stuff. But I, their third album was the Yellow Album, and it was called Three Pairs or Three of a Perfect Pair. And I never knew what that meant, and I kind of did a little investigating, and it's him, her, and the objective truth. I found that to be very fascinating. Because I keep hearing this phrase. And, and what is the objective truth, JR? Well, it, it sure as hell isn't fake news. Well, <laughs> I, I, this I think... Is what annoys, this is where I'm going with this. This is what drives me bananas. Okay. When people say, well, this is my truth. What the hell does that mean? I, I used to have this phrase that I, that I talked to with a guy in the, very early in the Air Force. He's he was, speaking his truth. He was very intelligent. And, and I used to use this line with him, and it, it confounded him. And I had the greatest time saying this. Your fact is not my reality, and my fact, or, or your reality is not my fact. And and he'd look at me and go, what the hell does that mean? I go, well, think about it. You're making shit up is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Your, your fact yeah. is not my reality. So I thought that was kind of cool, because we've talked about this before, male, female, yin-yang, whatever it is, but the third element to it, because a lot of times we talk about trinity, right? but him, her... In the objective truth, because there's, it just implies this, my side of the story, your side of the story. And then reality. And then, yeah, what, what really is going on? It, it, you, you could spend the, your entire life trapped up in a, in, a, in a castle in some foreign country, learning as much as you can about a subject. And in the, the end, because we're human beings and because we have our own spin, and I don't mean fake news spin, but spin about your take, we, your, 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 your take, your take b- based on our lives, what we've experienced. We, we, and we've had this conversation too about the t- 10 block radius, about somebody that lives their life in a 10 or 10 block yeah, or 10 mile yeah, radius. And that's their version of the truth. Right. And, and they have no idea. idea. They have no idea what anything else is. Yeah. So w- w- if you're mm-hmm. looking at this and trying to determine this and you go, I think I know what the truth is. Guess what? You don't know beans. You might have have knowledge. You might have gained knowledge. You might look. You're a voracious reader. I'm not. That doesn't. I'm not voracious. Well, you're more. You're much more voracious than I am. You're, my version of voracious is picking up a newspaper and going, ah, "I'll read that later." You know, your version. Like, your version is, "I've read three three books. You should read the Jordan Jordan Peterson book." Who oh, the fuck is that? I'm in. I'm in the. Epi- yeah, I, I, yeah. I need to read it because I've heard it, but but I hear it on a talk show, so I go, "Oh yeah, maybe I should read." It. No, I'm not going to read it. I mean, I eventually probably will. But the, the the point is, is that that you could gain and garner knowledge as much as you want, but you're not going to know everything. No, but. It should be a goal to continue to learn at all times. Okay, yes. You should always be in growth mindset and open to learning. And one way to do that is reading, but there's other ways to learn. Sure. Listening, 
just having your mind open to whatever it is is coming down the pipe. Here's here's the, here's the next part of this. Growth mindset is wonderful. It allows you to be open and ready and receptive to whatever comes your way. Right. Who determines what you should read? You. Well. You yeah. and only you. You and only you. So if we have this conversation, you and I sitting around smoking a cigar going, man, what have you listened, what have you listened to or read? And you look, you look at me and I go, I've read a book by Dick Marcinko, the ex-Navy SEAL. Yeah. And you go, okay, what'd you learn? This guy is a bad motherfucker. <laughs> You know, and 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 you go okay. I've I've read a book about Jordan Peterson. He's talking about the beginning of the Bible and how the Bible relates and how old it is. And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. And it doesn't mean that you're wrong for that for that perspe- perspective, but it's it's based on who you are. You can't you can't get all the These knowledge. These things are related though, because Marcinko and Jocko Willink, right, have a relationship, right? So right. Jocko is a seal. He knows all about this. He's had him on his podcast. Jocko's had Jordan Peterson on his podcast, and it's and they it's amazing when they talk because they don't talk about their truth. They they try to unpack things and get to uh, you know distill things right. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's like let's let's unpack this and get down to something that's you know what does this mean and let's get down to a little more of. Of what is objective truth? There and, is objective truth. I don't buy that. There's, um, that there's no such you know, well, such thing as facts and truth. No, 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 no. I, I, absolutely, I, I completely agree. This also boils down to what we're doing here in the podcast. You and I are getting together and doing something that hopefully people will listen to. But, you know, this is really not a question of whether people listen to it or not. This is something that you and I are doing. Because we want to do it. Together to do it. Because yeah, we exactly. want to have fun. And the ultimate goal with this is to, is to talk about a perspective that maybe some people don't have. Sure. And that's from being a bass player and what means what it means to be a bass player in a group, what it means to be a bass player with two bass players in the same room. Sure. I mean, look, we're playing tunes and... You have to make a, a, a conscious decision to go one way, and I have to make a conscious decision to go one way, and then sometimes we make unconscious decisions, and you're, we're going. Yeah. Did you just? What did yeah, you just do? Sort of. There's a certain amount of order and chaos every there, time there, we play music. Every time we play music, it, it, we have to have order with with like, oh well, here's the tune we want to do, but there's chaos in. in you can and that's do the this. Beauty. Or you can do this. The beauty and, is in the chaos sometimes. Right. And, it's and like what, the and order what, restricts us to, to keep us in line. Right. But the beauty is getting out on the wire. And, and when you do get on the wire like that, and we do this. We've, we've recorded a couple tunes where you go, I think this will work. And then you listen to it afterwards. And I go, yeah, there was some really good stuff in there. And I'm mm-hmm. not suggesting that we're playing like, you know, like, like Jocko Pastorius. Yeah, or Jocko. We're, having, we're having fun. Yeah. And if you listen to this and you walk away with that mindset. Yeah. You're having fun and you're listening to and it two conveys guys an emotion. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're just trying to convey emotion. So you if know? you listen to it that way, you, you don't go, these guys suck. <laughs> this is awful. What the fuck are they doing? And then you start you start sending comments going, you people should stop now. And, and, yeah. and if I look at it this way. If somebody actually gets on Facebook and says that, in a way, I feel like I've done something because I've made them think or we've made them think about what they're doing. And they actually bothered to go. Bothered to go and listen to it and go, sure. oh, my God, you, you guys, guys are terrible. terrible. No, you're not. What did you walk away with this? I walk away going, oh, maybe I would do this a little differently. Maybe I would do this this way. We, you, you well, turn- the, This is live. The thing is, is we're playing music live. It's not like we're 
putting out studio yeah, quality yeah, this is, crap. Well, I mean, well, but, we're, we're, we're doing one take. Hey, here it is. Well, There's a, more more clams than you're going to find in the... And a clam bank. Yeah. And, the Gulf Coast has <laughs> as many clams as we have. At least. Every tune we play. But, but like, I mean, like, you were turning me on to... the. To, I'll, I'll say his name last wrong, last name wrong. Is Yannick Griswalda? Uh, yeah, Yannick Wizdala. Wizdala. And I, I apologize, Yannick, if forever you listen to this. Yeah, he's, he's a badass. But we're listening to this, and I'm listening to his podcast. I'm going, geez, this guy's great. He's sitting yeah. there listening yeah, to some Mendelssohn thing, and he's making chords out yeah. of it, and having yeah. a grand old yeah. time. And it's wonderful. Yeah. But I also think about how does that relate to us? Well, that's not what we are. That's not what we're doing. Well, I think it, well, it's not what we're doing, and it's not what we do. But I think there's, um, I really dig where he goes with stuff and, and, it gives me ideas. It gives it's, me it's the ideas thing. You walk away with something where you go, I can do something. Growth, and there's growth mindset right there. And there are people that are not in growth mindset. They're in fixed mindset. This is how we do things. This is Those are the bullies on the bandstand. Right. Those are the jackasses you don't want to deal with. They're the people at work. They're douchebags that you don't, you know, that have no, do not have your best interest at heart. All they want to do is the thing they know and go back to their whatever it is they do as opposed to listening to, hey, maybe this person has a great idea. I have, I had a meeting today with three, no, nine of the most junior members in my organization and said, hey, what can we do better? I want to know. How do I make things better around here? Please tell me. I don't know. How do we make things better around here? Well, the difference between you and them, other than twenty six years <laughs> and, and, and a year, is is they have a they have a I'll say fresh for one of a better way to put it. Sure, they do. Your perspective they have is a very is, different perspective. Your, and, and your perspective I, I, is experienced and 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 lengthy, you know. But at the same time, if you're not a good manager and can turn to the person that has no experience, well, a good leader, good leader, yeah, good leader can turn to the person that has. No experience and say, okay, dude, you're here. Okay, who's the youngest person you have? 21? 21? Well, they're they're kind of older, but they're, they're brand new to the organization. All right, well, well, well that's, that's just so as important. So they're probably 20, 24. Right, 23, so let, 24 let's, let's, let's take 24. Without naming yeah. names, I'm not looking for anybody. Yeah, talk sure, about. But, but just the, for, the, the, the point I'm trying to say is this. You're 52. I'm 53, man. All right, 53. Well, you know, whatever. You're 53. They're 24. Right. Basically, you're almost 30 years apart. Yes. They have the ability to see something in a perspective that you don't have. Oh, yes. That's what I'm seeking out. And at 24, it's safe to assume that they didn't just grow out of their larva stage into the Air Force band program. They had some type of life, maybe a job, maybe multiple jobs. Maybe a job that was was what they thought was going to be their life goal until they changed. At a minimum, they did not get in. Without putting a lot of time and effort into their craft, their craft and what they did, because they had to pass an audition. Right. So, so in and the, they're all badass musicians. So every one of them. Every one of them. So in the process, some you look at a twenty-four-year-old and you say, "What can I do differently?" If that per- person opens their mouth and says something harmless, like you could talk to people twice a day and ask their opinions or whatever they say, they were, they, you know what they want. You know what they wanted. What did they want. They wanted to rehearse more. Oh, God, what's wrong with them? 
Why? They wanted more rehearsals on the calendar. Why? Because they want to play more. They're musicians. They want to play more. All right. If we're getting into this subject, we're, we're, changing, we're changing hats now. There's a difference between rehearsing and playing. I think there's value in having rehearsals on the schedule so that you can get tight with the guys you're playing with and but that's de- developing a rapport. But you also have to balance that with – we have other things we got to take care well, of. Well, or, on, you know, on top of that, which I completely understand, I don't want it to be dismissive about. As far as the first part of this, you're an expert – well, you're, we both are experts at what we do. We pick up the bass and we may not know everything. We have a good knowledge about what we're doing. If I look at you and say, we are going to play um, um, Think by Aretha Franklin. Yes. You're going to get into the practice room and you're going you're gonna to look at the part, which is probably James Jamerson. Yeah. And you're going to sit there and play it. And the only difference might be for the people that you're working with now is keys and form and what they might do for a beginning or an end. Well, they might not totally grasp the, the nuance of the groove. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, it's like, I, I can learn, learn, learn the, learn the James Jamerson I, part. Well, I, I, yeah, but I, but I completely do. Nuance has to do with playing. I, I got to play, brother. I, I completely understand that. Yeah. But here is my difference. You or me or people that we can name off the top of our heads would play the Jamerson part and we would have the experience and the knowledge about how to play it when to the nuances about when we uh, inflections and how we would do this so that by the time we get done you would consider yourself we'll just say learned we won't say expert we will say learned on the james jamerson part and how to play the, the well, tune yeah, have a little experience a little bit of experience yeah, sure. okay so now you have have a, a vocalist or whatever instrumentalist that you're talking about that has n- doesn't have the same experience that you do there in my opinion There is a difference between practicing your part and garnering something about the the tune and rehearsing with a band. Yes. If you're you're treating this the way you should, in my opinion, you should sit in a room by yourself, constantly playing tune think, constantly listening to the part, Whatever instrument that you play, whether sure. it's bass or it's guitar or it's piano or it's drums, maybe playing with it, maybe understanding what the groove is, maybe writing something out, maybe not. It, 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 that part of it is... is whatever is, works is, for you. Whatever works for sure. you. But you are going to walk into the rehearsal... Prepared to kick Prepared ass. to kick ass on yeah. this particular piece. Yeah. Your job is now to mesh with your fellow brothers and sisters in a musical way. I brought that up. It is not, it is, yeah, I know you, I, I don't know that you did, but I know you uh, did. Yeah. Because I'm the kind of person that I look at it like this. I was in charge of a band. So I looked at the band and said, this is the tune we're playing. I'm sorry you have to just, work just a little harder up, on prepared. your part. Show up freaking prepared. Because we have too I don't much want, to do. We have, have too much to do to this all and, and we're not talking about whether or not you have to, have to push paperwork yeah. or whatever that, that is. No, that's too much you to have to know your part. And it is not my job for you for me to you teach you learn, the things you need to know. You don't learn your part in rehearsal. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hear what you're saying. Serve any, I definitely hear well, what you're saying. Well, it, 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 it's one of those things yeah. where it's, there's a, 
There's a difference between practicing your part and rehearsing with the band. You know your parts, man. Now, now, if you want to talk about rehearsing with the band and saying, hey, man, we, we do this, this A section crappy as a band. We don't sound right. We're not playing this right. We need to work on this part. You need to play your yeah. part better. That's, that's a different I, story. I think there's, there's still value to playing often and getting to know each other musically. Sure. There's, Absol- there's value to that. Absol- absolutely. I, I get where but, they're coming from. But, that, you know. but that's different than playing think. That's sitting around going, it, it's, it's almost, almost, but not quite. The garage band mentality. You and the guitar player and the drummer are going to sit in a room and go, man, we got to play the blues. Let's just, just keep, play. Yeah, we play and, and we understand that you like to do this. No, I think you have you like goals or, or milestones or things you're working towards. We have a show to prepare. Like May 11th, we've got a show to prepare. And we're going to play some classic rock. Right. We're right. not going to do any King Crimson, but we could play a little tonight. Oh, what tune you want to do? I was kind of playing it while you were while you were ranting. Um, the, that uh, the King Crimson tune, well, yeah, Ma- like, Mate Kudasai. Yeah, yes, please. That's a great tune from written by Adrian. Ba- well, Adrian it's, Blue wrote, wrote a lot of the stuff. Is that from? They the, all this, have credit. Is that from the De- Discipline album? That's from Discipline. Discipline. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like one of the few ballads on there. It's it's just a gorgeous tune. Um, maybe we could take a swing at it. It's not easy. Let's, Those let's, guys are very technical. Well, and we aren't. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been drinking. Even better. Well, yeah. So this, this, let's give it a run. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stand by. Thank you. 
That's up for the audience to decide, not us. Gorgeous tune. I would advise people to go out and listen to um, Beyond Discipline. Discipline, it's, that's the album that I, I was weaned on by, by King Crimson. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was their, for me, that, that I cut my teeth Yeah, with King Crimson with that album. But Kurt Elling does a uh, version of I was just going to say that. You beat, you beat me to it. Mm. He is... Kurt Elling ah. is is a is a phenomenal vocalist. Oh, jeez. He's ridiculous. And he takes pieces and he turns them in just a way that makes it makes it his own. Because he has upright bass on the beginning of it. Oh, it's yeah, just, he does. Ah. He has an upright bass on another song. I can't remember what it was, but, but he's, oh, he's just he's a badass, he's just man. A, he's just crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about how I would like to watch him go through his process. Yeah. About how he gets there. He performed with the band, the Air Force Band at Langley. Really? Yes. Not when I was there. It was, it was, it was before I was there. What did he do? I don't know, but there's his picture. Thank you, Heritage of America Band. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. That I would have been. I would have loved to see that. So that would have been fantastic. Yeah, he's. Hmm. When, did, when were you at the the Langley? What was Langley? There? I was there from. See, I got there in ninety. Uh, no, oh eight to. That's not right. Wait, when you left, you left here in two thousand. Yeah, I was there from '08 to. You you were three to five, three to eight in uh, Colorado. At the, yeah, at the academy. Okay. So '08 till two years ago, seventeen. That's a, that's, that's a, a long run. That's a long run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in nine years, nine years. I mean, I was at I was here ten years, and I was at McGuire for eight. Yeah. That's a long time to be any place. Yeah, and I'm back. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, this is this is that place you wind up coming no matter what you want to do. I'm going where? Ah, oh, uh, I like Dayton's nice. Dayton's fun and it's nice. Yeah, you know, you're playing, you're having a good time. You're not playing the, the same amount of time you're playing in Langley, but you know, Langley's a lot busier place. We need I, to bring Eldon Sully out here. Oh, Eldon, he's Eldon a monster so guitar player. I haven't played with so him. So we had Dave Faytek out here last week. How is how is Dave? I, I mean, Dave, Dave and I are Facebook friends, so this but guy's I, I a sax know. player. And he plays his a, ass off. Oh my god! He plays two asses off. We should have had him on the podcast, but we didn't have time. He was in and out here. But man, he he is he stationed in Scott now? No, he's at Langley. He's at Langley. Okay. And but he knows. So we did this Motown show last week, and he knows the horn parts. He has charts. He's like not like from the Air Force, but he has his own charts. Right. Like, oh no, we got to fix this. We got to do that. And we and and he he knows all the like. How to make the horns move? You know, he, he's he's got wedding bands, he's in funk bands, he's in every other band and whatever. So um, had him over here right. at the house. He, Jr. has a huge basement. We're we're in a corner of the basement. We could lay out on the floor with my five eight <laughs> wingspan, and we won't even touch you know anything, even a wall. 
Five, seven, and 11 twelfths. And nine eighths. <laughs> nine eighths. Get it right. Get it right. So, so uh, Dave came over and played with my trio, the JR Herb Trio. And Where are you playing next, JR? <laughs> well, our next gig is at the VFW for uh, Master Sergeant Kerry McDonough's retirement, which is, that's, that's going to be Come fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And uh, Her kid wants to take bass lessons. Yeah. And she'd be, gr- uh, yeah, that would be great. She's retiring so she can stay in the area. People love Dayton. It's a great place to have a family. Yeah. Yeah. If you, you know. If you have a family. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I, that was my next question. How, 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 how fast it is it, you know, you know, you put your papers in for retirement. How fast are you moving after that there, buddy? You're going to be, you're going to be the guy in Florida going Dayton where? Daytona. That's Daytona. it. Daytona. 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 I'm in Dayton. No. Uh, Dayton. Dayton. Uh, Dayton. <laughs> Dayton. No. I'm in Dayton. Dayton. Uh, Florida. Yeah. So. You're I just going to go down to live next to Paul Mazzanotti so you can drink more. Well, I think I drink plenty. <laughs> With Paul, you'll drink more. This is true. I think. I think. That's I think, why I love Paul. I think we need Paul's to, one of my best friends. I, I think we need to have a a, a, a mezzanotti moment. Oh, mez <laughs> a mez moment. Mez moment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that. So next week, stay tuned. We're <laughs> the, gonna have a the mez moment. We will have a take me to the weller and then a mez moment. That's and right. that, that will be and call me Kohler. <laughs> Grant Kohler is a great sax player in the local area and. We need to have him on the podcast. Oh, my God. That could he, boost we our... would never talk. We would be drinking a lot. Well, he plays bass. <laughs> yes, he does. So we could have him bring his bass his over. His West Tone bass. He'll bring the bass that I gave him, this national bass that was like a Paul McCartney, uh, you know, Hofner bass reissue that he fixed up. That He was so happy that I gave it to him. It was like $40, Grant, you know. It, it's it's uh, made of like sense. toothpicks. <laughs> toothpicks and, and regret. <laughs> And Elmer's, <laughs> Elmer's glue and regret. <laughs> we're we're playing. I'm playing a thousand dollar carbon bass. Jr. is playing what a seventeen hundred dollars, three thousand dollar modulus. Uh, yeah, 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 something like a that. A lot of money. And then we're talking about Grant Kohler and his forty dollar toothpick bass. Well, yeah. he, he he gets bicycles out of the trash and refurbishes them. Yeah. This, well, he's preparing for the apocalypse. apocalypse. Yeah. He's probably you know? got 17,000 MREs in his basement. <laughs> That's the thing, man. The bombs are going to drop and you and I are going to be taking going our to, family going to, to Grant's, Grant's house. house. Because he's got yeah. like... Because he's got all the shit. I've got 17 candles and I've detailed 13 radios that still work with, with they have batteries in them. <laughs> Turn the handle here. We're, we're going to generate the battery what, so we can we can reach out to other other survivors. When I was other survivors, when I was in Japan, look, I know how to make water. When I, when I was in Japan, <laughs> we had these radios. Now, Japanese radio goes below eighty eight. It goes down to like sixty nine or seventy hertz. And I had a shortwave radio that I got that was fantastic. Japan was great for for radio stations. So. I brought the radio back to the United States and I didn't use it because when I got to the United States, there was TV and shit, you know. So Grant saw the radio and goes, hey, man, let me detail that for you. I'll make it better. And he's talking about how this radio came up and where it was from. Grant, I, I know where it came from. I bought it. He goes, well, this is a Japanese radio. Yes, Grant, I bought it in Japan. He goes, well, but yeah, it, it, was, it was made in like 1994. Yeah, I bought it in 1995, Grant. Yeah, he just just wanted. <laughs> uh, well, that's the beauty of Grant. He's just um, he's special. Yeah, the, he can spin anything on his finger. I know. 
And he spent he spun the PFE and took him long enough to make Tech Sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> he would take a, a music folder. I mean, a big ass like full of music folder on the bus and start spinning it on his finger. And to what end? <laughs> Don't hit someone. Don't. There's no, there is no end to that. There is no end to that. It stops. Jeff Bowles in the head. Oh, Jeff Bowles. Oh, whatever. Oh, my God. George Paris. You know what? Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. So, okay. Last topic. We always like to talk about food, drink right. at the end. So, last time we talked about beer. Right. You know, I like a good... Good IPA? No. Uh, or Miller yeah. High Life, or yeah. I, I'm an IP, I am an IPA guy. That's my kind the, of my. The, I told you the story about Jeff Fisher. We we were we were drinking on the road, and and we were getting Miller Miller uh, MGD, right? Okay. And and Jeff Jeff, it was probably because he was drinking. He looked. He, he was sitting there around Sandrew and and Paulie and Nate Levy and all these guys. He goes, I wonder what MGD stands for. <laughs> and I just looked at him. I went. Miller, okay. God damn it! <laughs> he, he just starts laughing and look at me. I'm going, what is wrong with you? So now every time we correspond, he goes, Hey, Vinny, what does MGD stand for? Oh, God. Oh, help us, he was a perma staff. Perma staff? What's that? He had to retire. He retired as a staff sergeant. So oh, perma staff. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, he did. He never made. Good tech. Guy, he never yeah. made tech. He was an age troop. Yeah. He, he worked some, on yeah. He worked on a flight line for flight a while. line for a long yeah. time. Yeah, tops and blue kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Don't get me into that conversation. Uh, we're not going there. We can't talk. About we're going to talk about food. Oh yeah, food. Uh, all right. Uh, what's what? What's your favorite food that you've been working on now? Um, I've been so busy working. I haven't had a whole lot of time to focus on new new creations. My favorite thing I've done lately is cooking the. The wings on the grill. Ooh. So I take the Weber and get the, get get you know the coals nice and hot. Put them on one side. Okay. Then oh, one side like you move them over to one I side. I move all the coals onto one side of the Weber. Right. The wings go on the other side. So they're there. It's it's uh, what do they call that uh, slow cooking. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 something heat. It's it. Uh, yeah, there's a word for it. I can't think of it yeah. right now. I'm trying to. A little bit of wood chips or something that gets smoking a little, but keep it fairly covered because I don't want high heat. I want low heat. I go low heat. I go. I get the uh, just the the drumettes. Okay. The commissary because I can get we get them cheap up there. Oh yeah, they're cheap as hell. Yeah, so I can get three or four packages of those and squeeze them onto the one so, side. So what are you putting on there for sauce? Not all I do is put Montreal steak seasoning on them. To grill them, so it's dry. Stand by, stand by. Well, I'm getting, I'm asking. I know. Don't, don't, don't rush. <laughs> this is a long process. <laughs> we don't have that long. It's a podcast. <laughs> we have a whole day. That's why we do a podcast. <laughs> we can delve deep into this. We so can. I just season them with. You can season them with that or a little salt, whatever, salt, pepper, some garlic. What's, what's in the Montreal season? Oh, it's just it's just like rock, salt, pepper, and some other little things that you would put on a steak. Well, this isn't like the Colonel Seven Spices. You should no, know what the hell it's, it's in it. It's very... You can season them with whatever you want. It's not even going to matter. You can put them on there naked. Okay. Let them go. So no sauce? 
Yeah, the sauce is coming. Oh, I will. We'll get there. Stand by, Sarge. <laughs> Sarge. Holy shit! Sarge. All right, wait, wait a minute. Let me. Do. So, you put the coals on one side. You put the wings on the other side. Thirty minutes. You come out. You take the wings. You turn them over. And you wait another thirty minutes on the, you know. The soft side. There's there's no heat over there. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, what you do is you get red hot sauce. Maybe a cup. Mix it in with butter. So you put the butter and the hot sauce together. And here's the trick. Are you ready? Parmesan. Oh, that's right. We talked about yes. this. Yes. Okay. And you put the Parmesan. You mix. You get this all going. Like, like Parmesan cheese that you, you shake or you like like the real stuff? Get the real stuff. Oh, God bless you. I get love you Get the more. real If you can, you know, do it yourself. Shave it on the yeah, on a little mandolin. Shave it on yourself. Let that stuff, you know, marinate, cook together. How long Bring do you, the wings. How long do you cook it? Until the, the butter melts and everything kind of congeals, gets together. Okay. Bring in the wings. Pour the sauce on. Shake them up. Shake them up in whatever you got. And serve it with ranch, blue cheese, okay. Okay. or, you know, celery I, I, and I have, carrots. I have, I have two questions. Please. One, how hot is it? Oh, the sauce? Yeah. Well, it depends on how deep you cut it with the butter. Uh, well, I use the turkey red hot, but you could use Texas peat or whatever. Well, I, I'm asking. It's, it's like a medium. I, 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 if you I, I, want the B-dubs, it'd be like a medium. Okay. Yeah. That's one question. And two, how come I haven't been invited over yet? Um, <laughs> Yet. It's been winter. Okay. I don't like to cook out. On the well, nobody likes to cook outside in winter. Although, uh, I, we're, uh, my food story is steak on Valentine's Day for my wife. Oh, I saw pictures. Oh. This thing, this was like a Brontosaurus burger from the Flintstones. It was Al Wittig commented, he goes, you need a bigger plate. You know, I took a steak, a ribeye steak that was an inch thick with bone in it. Two steaks, 16 bucks at the commissary. Mm. Oh, yeah. my God. Freaking ridiculous. You can't get a better deal. So now I'm sitting here in, in this is February now. It's Valentine's Day. You know, yeah. so it's so it's in Ohio. It's not the, it's not the warmest month of the, of the year. So now I'm going... I got this steak. It's an inch thick that my wife has wonderfully marinated for me with, with, with uh, A1 sauce and, and Worcestershire and salt and pepper and dry rub A1. Oh, my God. This is like I'm waiting yeah, for this, right? good stuff. So now I'm going, I am not frying this in a freaking pan. I'm what just not. What did you do? <laughs> you do? <laughs> I got a, Chrissy comes home. It's, it's a day after Valentine's Day. It's a Friday. She goes, I, I've had a long day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a nap. Okay, great. I'll work on the food. Nice. Before I worked on the good food. Man. Good Well, husband. of course. So that, that's, that's part of my, you know, good thing. So in the process, I get on the treadmill and do my, like, 50 minutes and three and a half miles or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> She's still sleeping. In three hours. In three hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've now, it's, it's now tomorrow. So I get off the treadmill. I'm in shorts and, you know, socks and shoes and a shirt. And I go... I got to cook these steaks. There's no way I'm cooking them inside. So I put my coat on with my shorts and my socks. 
my shoes, my sneakers. I go outside, fire up the grill, and I cook it outside in the grill. Five burner propane grill. Oh, this nice. is the shit. So get this thing fired up. So get this thing fired up. The only thing I'm worried about now is it's so cold outside. Now it's not like 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 below you know below freezing, you know, but it, but it's still fucking cold. And I'm going. I got to get this thing to about three or four hundred degrees. Can I get this thing hot enough to do this? So it took me a little bit, but I got it to like four hundred degrees, and I put the damn thing on there. It it was so hot, Jr. That the 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 uh, between the marinade and the steak and the grill. It started a fire, like a little bit of a fire over the over the the steak, which I was nice. happy as hell about. Oh yeah, because you want to sear that. I want to sear the, the tracking, shit out of that crap. I'm tracking. Right? So now I close the damn thing and I'm searing the hell out of it. It's and I'm trying to figure out how long to put this thing because it's an inch thick. Now I like things medium rare, but she doesn't. She likes things medium well or done. So I I put it in for six and a half minutes on each side. It turned out flipping perfect. Six six and a half minutes on each side. The 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 sauce caramelized, so it had this blackened look to it, but it wasn't it wasn't burnt. It was fantastic inside. It was probably closer to, to medium well than it was rare medium rare. It didn't have yeah. enough blood in it for me, but yeah, that's that's fine. This was fantastic. When well, you get something that thick, right? You, you gotta you, let it you go. You need to take some longer. time, yeah. right? So, but but, but the, if you sear it, man, it keeps all oh, the juices. In it, it was fantastic. It I would never suggest going out and cooking in Ohio in February on the grill, <laughs> but that was the best decision I ever made then. So I will cook a steak on the iron skillet. That's the second, it's your that's second, second best choice. choice. Right. That's absolutely the Nothing best beats choice. the grill. And I will, I will one up you. I think that if you go with charcoal, you're going to get a better um, steak. Than on the gas. I think so. But being said, the iron skillet offers a very nice opportunity to get that thing heated up enough. You can also sear the crap out of that steak. You know what I mean? It's like you can. And that's the key. It's getting a nice burn on both sides. And depending upon, you know, the thickness and your desired oh, wellness. Ab- absolutely. You, ha- you have to have, yeah. if you caramelize it enough and you get those that, that the juices to stay in, you can pretty much do whatever you want yeah. afterwards. But that iron skillet can get hot enough that you can put a nice sear on it. Did you did you inside. do did you do the, the the curing of the iron skillet with it with the uh, I cured it with multiple stuff. Multiple stuff. Bacon grease, butter, right. Um, vegetable oil. Bake it in there, put it in the damn oven for for yeah, half put an it in hour. The oven. Yeah, yeah. Get I need to get oven. an iron skillet just for that reason. Yeah. I've got well, I got it's my gift on Valentine's Day. It's like a little smaller, like a 10 inch. Okay. Like one for eggs or something. Egg, egg, right, 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 right. So, because I have a larger one that I do all kinds of different recipes. <clears throat> but that's a great, what's the word I'm looking for? Vehicle to burn oh, stuff. Oh, 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 oh. burn stuff <laughs> multiple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. If, if, you're, if you're into cooking at all and you don't have some kind of iron skillet, you are not complete. 
I need, I, I'm not complete. I need an iron Get skillet. Get one. I need an iron skillet. I will cook steaks on there. What's nice is once you get them going and everything's hot and sizzling, right. get some butter. And just put it on the top of it. Oh, well, yeah. You can throw it in there and then just kind of like let the butter melt and then scoop it on and just kind of baste right. the steak. Oh, yeah. That's money. I throw, you start put, basting. Put the butter on there. That's money. <laughs> Hard to go wrong with butter. All right, my my grandmother used to call it oleo, and and she used to put butter on, oleo on everything. Yeah, it. We, she used to make canned corned beef sandwiches mm. with the with the turnkey and the whole yeah, the whole yeah, goddamn remember, business. Yeah, Not spam yeah. now. You know, no, it's corned beef. Corned beef. Yeah. And she used to, every time we made a, made a sandwich, she ha, you'd have to put butter on the sandwich. That's because she grew up in the depression, and they had that they had sandwiches that were more had. more butter than anything else, or oleo, sure. or whatever you call it. Yeah, we I call had, it margarine these days. Yeah, right, margarine. The best sandwich in the world that is the cheapest and the silliest thing in the world is a radish sandwich. <laughs> if you haven't had a radish sandwich, <laughs> you are living, pal. Okay, I'm telling you, cutting radishes, put it on a piece of bread with butter and mayonnaise and salt and pepper. It is the shit. The so, shit. No cheese, no nothing. No nothing. Freaking radishes. This woman <laughs> w- w- went through the depression and came out on the other end with a radish sandwich that tasted like freaking gold bouillon. Growth mindset. Growth People mindset. Always, always <laughs> be thinking, yes, this, this can happen. This can be delicious. I can live with when the zombie apocalypse comes. That's all I need is a bag of radishes and some bread. I need to be mindful <laughs> that I can find water. And if I know how to make a radish sandwich, I can survive <laughs> the zombie apocalypse. This is brought to you tonight, not by Jersey Mike's, but by our sponsor, Dark Horse. And if you don't sponsor us soon... Well, we'll we'll, we'll keep, keep drinking. Going. We'll keep drinking regardless. Dark, Dark horse. horse. So, on that note, thanks for listening. And Vinny, say good night, Vinny. Good night, Vinny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm-hmm.